Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Bye. So, Royfeld, that was Jelly Pea again? Allie's son? How old are you? Six! This is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the £15 per hour metal detector, who is Roy Phil Brown. And with me, I have Peggy's Old Glasses, who is... Philippa Hall. And the last part of the CD collection, folks, is you, our lovely listeners. This week's Dumpty Dum is last week's Dumpty Dum. It's from Ali and Jelly Pea over there in Washington, D.C. Now, folks, a uh, quick thing. Write us a review on iTunes. Oh, we'd love you if you wrote us a review on iTunes. If you write us a review on iTunes, Philippa will be very happy. Uh, and another little, quick little notice, um, I'm on Clubhouse. There is actually now a tiny little sliver of Clubhouse, which um, is forever dum-de-dum. Uh, so if you are on Clubhouse, if you've got an iPhone, or you're one of these Android people who's got the beta test, uh, why don't you um, search me out, Royfield, on Clubhouse? and or go and find our little room, uh, which is called Dumpty Dum. Don't know what we're going to do on there yet, but we'll do something. Uh, we are on Clubhouse. On this week's episode, we have used from Young Keith. He's back. I love me some Young Keith. Glyn. Oh, I love some Glyn. With a spoon in the upper lower east west side. Danielle. She's with us. Isabel. That 15-year-old precocious archers listener. She knows no bounds this week. Joe, Joe, Sexy Heels. After 18 months of silence, she's back, and we have an email from Janet. Gosh, folks, packed dumpty dum we got for you. Now, Philippa, if someone would like to send us in a dumpty dum or call us, how can they do that? 
If you would like to sing or play as a dum-de-dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us or leave a message on SpeakPipe on dumdedum.com on the website, or you can leave a WhatsApp note to 079-571-67696, which is, as we all know, thanks to Royfield's careful education, plus <laughs> 44 if you are outside the UK. Also, folks, um, you can actually send us a text that way because I know not all, not everybody wants to like get their keyboard out and like you know oh here we go let's do a thousand word email uh, if you want to just bang us a text you know you got a bit of a quick thought uh, send it to that number also. Well, Philippa Hall. Yes. Are the family used to your new haircut? They are used to my new haircut now. Yes, thank you. Although I had a, a very traumatic event today, so I ordered a bottle of wine, I'm not Alice, on Amazon. It was a present for someone. And when it was arriving today, it said, you need to prove your ID. You need to have your ID ready. So I was very excited at my age to need my ID. Saw the van drawer up, got my ID ready, door opened, held my ID out. And the man laughed and said, I won't be needing that. (laughs) How rude is that? Honestly, I feel all hard done by. (laughs) That's been the highlight of my week. What about you, Royfield? How, how's your week been? Highlight of my week was watching Rami. And I, I can't... I, did I mention this before when I was on Dumbly Dum? But Rami. Holy, just remind me. Holy camoly. So he's set in New York. He's um, a Muslim chappy, uh, lives with his folks. He's in his mid-twenties. And it's about the duopoly of being uh, a, a good Muslim boy with Muslim parents and then uh, the slightly less Muslim world outside of the front door. So, um, yeah, I know of this. My husband watches it. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It is brilliant. <laughs> Season two, totally heartwarming at places when his mum is working for Lyft and um, she's trying to befriend everybody in the car. I just. Oh, I love me some Rami and I can't believe I've burnt through it in less than two weeks. I've done two seasons, which is the thing with 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 uh, binge watching uh, TV. Uh, when it's gone, you feel such a blooming sense of loss. But anyway, um, on that note, folks, uh, I think we should have a little bit of this. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, top of the shop, it's young Keith. Hello, young Keith here. Just a very, very short sort of moan, grumble, complaint about the episode I just listened to. Number one, Mia and Ed. Love hearing them talk. Don't really hear that very often, just the two of them. But there's a bit at the end where Mia goes to Ed. Well, if I told you that, Ed. I'd have to kill you. And he goes, <laughs> I just thought, what was the point in that line? That is the shittest joke <laughs> ever. You've just wasted five seconds of recording time for a totally unnecessary bit of dialogue. But the one that's really been grinding my gears is Justin and Lillian. I hate when they have, like, in inverted commas, a good time together and, like, really make each other laugh and think that they're so wacky. The whole daffodil photo thing is just pathetic. Don't care. And it reminds me of, I remember ages ago, there was a pub quiz, I think, 
and Justin sort of turned up being hilarious and had loads of witty repartee with with Vivian uh, <laughs> Lillian um and I just remember thinking if I was in that pub doing that quiz I'd be like can you shut up please we're trying to get on with this um and that's exactly how I felt with them two throwing mud at each other in the field anyway no more bile onwards and upwards bye Oh, young Keith, that was absolutely brilliant. Yes, I quite agree. I'm not sure about the Mir and Ed conversation and Lillian and Justin as well. I mean, who does Mir fancy? Is this going to be a whole thing? I know she was having lessons Rex. with... Oh, no. What? Why? What part of... Oh, no. Ben. Ben. No. Well, because I was thinking Rory, because she used to have lessons from Rory. And oh, is that actually... Rory. You're completely right. It's Rory. Yeah, I yeah. did wonder about that. But I know exactly what young Keith means when he talks about Lillian and Justin. It just seemed quite strange. And it reminded me a little bit of, I don't know if you remember, when the royal family did It's a Knockout. And it's just when you know somebody in one situation and then they act in a very strange and different way. It just just doesn't feel right. And looking back at who was in that It's a Knockout, Prince Andrew, Prince Edward, Princess Margaret and Fergie. Very odd combinations. And it just feels a bit like that, listening to some of these episodes that have Lillian and Justin sort of almost forced laughing and the throwing of mud. I thought that's just quite strange. But Royfield, did it grind your gears as much as it did young Keith? I think it's grinded everyone's gears this week, hasn't it? It's like we don't know what we've been listening to. <laughs> you know, I, I'll, I'll put it as, as bluntly as that and maybe I need to move on because I like to be diplomatic on this thing that, that that we love lots but I didn't understand it so I'll say no more other than to say this time capsule as well hmm <laughs> yeah hmm. <laughs> what is it some metaphor or allegory for something else is it a plot driver for something which we just don't see coming but if it is just because Justin needed to dig, I do, uh, I'm sorry. Ten years is not a time capsule. I've no. had cupboards I haven't opened longer than ten years. Not a ca- time capsule. It just seems quite strange to me. What, what do you think would be in those cupboards if you're not open? Oh, Worcester sauce. Yeah, Oh, can't even say Worcester sauce. Right. So, like, what else would? Can you leave in a cupboard for 10 years and forget that you have? Oh, I've got a, a cupboard full of bottles of alcohol. See, I'm, I cannot talk about alcohol, but the people have bought me when they've been on holiday. And you are not uh, Alex. No, 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 hear me out. So they've, they've been on holiday. Alex. No, listen, listen. Less than 10 minutes into the podcast, oh two this is about... references to booze. Yeah, but this is booze I haven't touched. So when people have gone on holiday and they've bought a bottle of something quite strange they bring it back as a present and you say oh that's very kind thank you essence of donkey or whatever so i put it in the cupboard the holiday drink cupboard and close it and that yeah yeah Yeah, so basically you've got a cupboard full of ouzo no one wants (laughs) that stuff no offense to the greek listeners but like (laughs) i remember being at school and Mm. we were taught all about um greek the the classics Mm. and as part of our experience the teacher brought in feta and Uzo, and I remember sitting there at about age thirteen, being poured a glass of Uzo by the teacher. That's what quite a, I know, and not not a lot of people liked is it. That, but... Is that what happens at a, at a private or girls' school? 
whatever. Let's get back to the time capsule, shall we? But um, would you say 10 years is an appropriate length of time? No, not at all. No, all right. it's just wrong. It literally feels like they're going to open it up again next week. And also, why would Peggy put her glasses in the time I, can can we respectfully move on? None of this makes <laughs> any sense to me, and I don't want to be forced to tell everybody my real thoughts and feelings about this time capsule. So, <laughs> if we just kind of basically pretend like it was no part of the Archers last week, um, my mood will be kept buoyant. Thank you for that, young Keith. Awesome call. Um, why don't we now go on to Glyn? Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here on location this week at the mill, or to be more accurate, one of the local mills. Uh, more of that on the Facebook page, of course. Turning to this week's Archers, the mystery of where Alice went was solved. At the end of the previous week, she didn't go anywhere at all. No doubt, just as she was walking down the drive, she realized that the only way to be heard if you are outside the village is to be on Ambridge Extra, and is that and as that is not currently being broadcast, she'd better turn around and stay at home. Uh, also, this week we had some shenanigans involving Lillian and uh, Justin. Um, sometimes uh, those sorts of stories do have a deeper meaning. Sometimes they're put in as with the famous snake story from a few years ago. I think merely as a, an, an intended amusement for the, organ, uh, for the audience to distract us from more serious or to help us get through more serious things. Uh, I think it may have been an attempt on the scriptwriters to be one of the latter, but I think it's mainly left us all quite bemused. Um, and Rex, well, Rex and the pigs. Um, so Rex is going to become the sausage king at Lower Loxley. <laughs> uh, and a nice little sort of juxtaposition there between Rex and Lizzie discussing an orgy of pork and then a scene with Mia uh, who we know is the uh, Ambridge's current token vegan. Well, that's all from me. Stay safe. Thanks for the podcast. Oh, super, Glenn. And love the location shots, as always. Yes, you're absolutely right. Alice can't leave us. There's no Ambridge extra at the moment. I'd love to know what happened, though, with her and Chris. Clearly, something's happened because they're still together. But then do I actually want to know? Do I want to hear more about that? And we're, we're going... Well, 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 why, why wouldn't you want to know? Because that's, it's just that's uncomfortable. to be a fly in the wall of what happens in Ambridge. That's true, but... Okay, I'm going to take a, a, a view here that people mm. might disagree with. I enjoyed this week. I enjoyed not having to mm. hear the, the horrible situation that Alice is going through. And while there were moments this week that I just thought, well, that doesn't seem entirely right, like Lillian and Justin, it was just a nice week. You had different characters in there. There was some humour. I, I, it got the thumbs up from me, but I appreciate what Glenn said. Where was the humour? Oh, well, it was a bit pantomime humour with David, you know, coming up between behind Lillian and, and Justin. And maybe it was the humour in my own mind as well with this, uh, this pair of 
glasses that belong to Peggy that she's put in the time capsule. I'm just imagining her going round, uh, treading on Hilda, um, trying to find her glasses, and they're in the uh, and they're in the time capsule. But did you know that there is an international time capsule society? We really like stretching. No, this is really interesting. You can go, it's a bit like Tractor. You can go onto the International Time Capsule Society webpage and you can see where all these time capsules are put all around the world. No, it's very interesting. And then you can see how long they're going to be left uh, in the ground for and any details. No, it's really interesting. And I think we should get the Ambridge one on there. Well, where exactly are you placing Ambridge? Uh, Very near me. Very close to me, that Middle England. Shropshire, then. Well, I know it's not Shropshire, but it's sort of... Cheshire. uh, That's close to you. That's not where it's supposed to be. No, but I'm about an hour from Birmingham. So I'm so, it's sort of that area. I know it's not, but it's sort of that area. So we could just put that on for a bit of fun. On this map, on this map... Yes. Does it also... It it does tell you how long they're going to be... Yes, there is an intended time period and most of them are much longer than 10 years. In fact, I didn't find one that was 10 years. So it just seems very strange. Maybe uh, the big secret that's hidden in it is the fact that they're going to go down to two episodes a week and that will be revealed (laughs) in 10 years' time. And that's not good. It'll be a bit like the line of duty ending. We're we're all left saying what what was that and when they open the time capsule it could be the same reaction I, I don't know but I agree with Glyn we were left bemused by the Lillian and, and, and Justin scene it was meant for our amusement and, and just didn't and that's for Justin blackmailing Lillian because she hadn't had her roots done with a photo to get her doing the digging I'm sorry no yeah I, there's something quite forced about their bonhomie and about when we hear their relationship, you know, when you hear Robert and Linda, it sounds like a real relationship. Ditto yeah. Susan and Neil. You know, even David and Ruth, though that, you know, sometimes is a bit, ooh, is a bit, you know, nails down a chalkboard, right? But I'll, I'll, give, I'll give them that, you know, it feels regular. It feels normal. These pair don't. Uh, but I think it's when they're forced to do things that that, that pair wouldn't do. They wouldn't be you're digging being, in a... You're being too nice. Remember all the nonsense about the tracksuits, the velour tracksuits? Yes, that well, that is another it's sort of thing. All yeah. just, I, I don't know if they have a special script writer to, to write the <laughs> Justine, Justine and Lillian scenes, but they just don't ring true. And they're not funny. They're supposed to be you know, to show you that they're a bit of a knockabout couple, you know, they can take the rise out of each other. But you, it's just, oh. I think oh. Justin is only comfortable in the in a business scene. So when he's chairing a meeting or looking at a property, that's when you you hear the, the comfortable Justin. Oh, but- well, yes and no. I actually thought when he was, um, the scene with him and Tony recently, and he kind of appreciated that he didn't have a hobby. His hobby was business, he being Justin. Mm. And Tony spoke to him about the train set. I actually thought that you could hear the cogs whirring in Justin's brain. And that was a great little bit of dialogue. 
So it's not just, I, I take your point and I do fundamentally agree when he's got to do, you know, business, you know, mm. um, you know, oh yeah. You know, we all stand, stand to attention, you know, Ju- Justin's commanding a scene, but that scene with Tony um, was illuminating and also shone a light on his relationship with Lillian. Mm. But yes. this, but when Lillian and him are together, Oh, holy camoly. No, I, I, you know, Oh, theory me uh this another thing which I, I you know can i can i press another call can, can we talk about something else <laughs> go on then all right then because I, i'm struggling this week i really am good afternoon dumpty dum daniel calling in from under a very ominous looking rain cloud in uh st andrews this week was a nice sort of break from the uh chris and alice storyline um although there was a sort of unknown really because when alice met with Kate on the Friday episode she was still with young Martha so whether there's been reconciliation there or not I suppose we'll find out Monday the other thing that I found a bit odd about this week's episode is I think it's happened a couple of times now it seems to be I don't know maybe it's just me but it seems like we're getting a caricaturization of Justin Elliott I get that he's sort of no longer business extraordinaire maybe they're trying to portray the two sides of this man but I just find it comical really it's i find it quite unbelievable this sort of i don't know him and but we got to hear lillian's laugh out of it so at least we got that <laughs> uh the main thing i was actually calling was um jacob i thought him his interaction with kate was quite nice um and i quite like jacob he's one of the characters i'm more fond of and i was just wondering one what the thoughts of the dumpty dum crew are on jacob obviously he's a bit odd um and two is there any possible like how would they go about incorporating him into more storylines? Um, there was the brief uh, saga of Alastair and his back and forth with the veterinary practice, but we never really see the inside of that workplace, unlike the dairy and things like that. But uh, other than that, it was a pretty uneventful week and pretty happy for that, although I get the feeling that Monday is going to be a bad one. I haven't read the description yet. Anyway, have a good week. Daniel out. Oh, Daniel, wonderful. Yes. Yeah, so will the next episode be a bad one for Chris and Alice? And and why has Jakob changed so much? It's interesting because I, I feel like we've had Jakob and Kate both move from their sort of normal characters. We've had Jakob be much nicer and more understanding and, and more of a character than before. And we've had Kate being much much worse than before. Um, so both of them sort of moving to to the extremes of, of what we knew of them as, as characters. I do wonder with Kate if this anger and vitriol is sort of menopause-based because we did hear, you know, that uh, this was an issue when she thought she was pregnant. So I wonder if Jakob just loaded up some horse's hormones in a sort of stun gun um, and uh, and shot Kate when she wasn't looking because immediately she just seemed to change into this sort of relaxed, happy happy person again. But I don't know. Royfield, do you think Jakob could replace Jenny as the new agony aunt? Hmm. Oh, that that's a deep cut. When's the mm. last time we had... Uh... Jenny and her and her article and her column. Sorry, uh, yes, that, that that's been some time. Well done, well done for digging deep there. Uh, we all love a bit of Jacob, don't we? Yeah. And I opined when Jacob and Kate got together, and I said, "Nah, it wouldn't happen in the real world, though, would it?" She's too, you know, 
feely, touchy, hands-on, out there, woo-way. And he's completely the bipolar opposite, literally the opposite, you know, because he's fundamentally kind of on the spectrum. And somehow they managed to pull it off. And I suppose um, what Kate always wants is someone actually to stand up to her and to let her know when she's overstepping boundaries. And the problem is with Brian and Jenny, they didn't really ever do that to her. So when she was a kid, she was kind of unruly. Uh, Roy could never handle her. Um, Lucas in South Africa very obviously couldn't. But because Jakob is a bit on the spectrum and he's just straight down the line, um, you know, he wrestles with, with her bad behaviour for a moment and then just says no. And she seems to uh, adhere. He is the only person that I can think who can actually stand up to Kate and Kate actually listens. Now, Peggy does as well. Peggy does say no, Kate, to be fair. She can only go so far with a gran. Um, so, so yeah, you know, big ups to Jacob, basically. I don't know. I've never heard her react so significantly to what he said before. She's always still been Kate and um, sort of pushed him. But it just seemed this transformation seemed to take place within seconds. I mean, I, I don't, what, what, whatever he's got, he needs to start doing a sort of a calm podcast or something for us all to listen to. <laughs> it's certainly working on Kate. To be fair, though, right. We had compressed Ambridge time, didn't we? So we had him talking to her and saying, you need to calm down and chill out, etc., and stop being so entitled. And then she turns up around at Alice's. Now, I'm presuming that some time had passed. You know, it's not as if she teleported herself from her gaff <laughs> round to Alice's. Do you know what I mean? So uh, we have to think there's some kind of compression of time, you know, to squeeze the whole day into 12 minutes. So I'd actually let that one fly. And I think you'd be mean, right? (laughs) However, um, I think that it's only Peggy. Peggy and Jakob are the two kind of boundary fence posts uh, that Kate respects. You know, she doesn't want to ruffle them pair too much and she appreciates them uh for giving us some level of perspective however she's just a ball of emotion isn't she so she just reacts emotionally without engaging her brain but yeah and when she was saying you know oh i've realized so so it's all okay now you know when she does eventually find out about alice and her alcohol problem that could destabilize her destabilize her a bit more and I don't know it, it was just too quick for me Jakob has got a stun gun there somewhere that he's using otherwise there wouldn't be that that speedy change gotcha right well well Daniel thank you uh, for your call uh, mister and thank you for calling in on the whatsapp number proves that it works yeah well done mister uh, and um, now we go to an old stalwart of the podcast it's jojo sexy heels hi there dunty dummers it's jojo sexy heels here haven't been on the uh, speak pipe recording thing for about 18 months i've had some serious health issues but 
I'm on the right side of that. And today I felt like I really needed to share my thoughts on today's omnibus issue of the of the uh, wonderful archers. Um, first of all, I'm not sure if everybody else has thought the same thing, but Joy and Jimus, what a wonderful parish council pairing they will make. I can see some Jackie Weaver comedy gold up ahead on that one with the scriptwriters. The other one was Rex Fairbrother and Lizzie. For those who haven't really been listening to the Archers forever and a day, of course, Rex Fairbrother's father and Elizabeth had a very unfortunate affair many years ago. And so for Lizzie to be bringing Rex onto Lower Loxley and allowing him to have his business there with the pig farming, I can see major issues with his father coming to visit and maybe, hopefully, a bit of a standoff between Vince and his father. I think his name's Simon. Um, I think that would be a pretty good um, scene. And in the long term, maybe Lily and Rex repeating their parents' mistakes. Anyway, that's my predictions for the um, years ahead, I suppose. And hopefully I will be back in touch very soon. Take care now. Bye. Oh, Jojo, Sexy Hills, welcome back. I'm really sorry to hear you've had health issues, but welcome back. Lovely to have you back on. Um, Yes, so interesting. Joy and Jim on the parish council. Although I'm just a, a little bit intrigued about this because Jim told Susan it was too late to apply, yet Joy hasn't applied yet. She hasn't finished her manifesto. So I wasn't I wasn't quite sure how that was all working, but never mind. I'll go with it. Joy and Jim on the parish council is fine by me. And the history of Lizzie and the Fairbrothers, yes. And could we see Vince versus, is it Robin Fairbrother, I think? Yes, it's um, Robin. Yeah, Robin. I'd, I'd love to see that. Vince would win, um, but, I, but I'd love to see that. And the Lillian and Rex situation, so many... Caller inners have, have said that they thought that this was going to happen, that Lillian and Rex would end up together. And I think we most of us can't wait to see Russ sort of deal with that. I wonder, is he going to try and make some sort of art installation to express himself at his great unhappiness um, at the fact that Lillian and Rex are together? I don't know. Royful, would, would you imagine Russ making a, an art installation? I, I absolutely would. Um... <laughs> It would involve a lot of knives, I think. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know what exactly it would consist of, but it'd, it'd be something where he'd try and outdo himself with the materials for a start off, wouldn't it? You know, so we had the whole thing about the knitting exhibition, didn't we? <laughs> you know, so he's going to be um, incredibly avant-garde in that in, in that regard. You know, it's not going to be a, an oil on canvas. We know that. You know, um, but. Do we want to see on our radios Lee in the buff? That's the that's the key question of the week. You know, how you know, how gratuitous can his nudity be on a podcast? If you could see my face, you would know that that is not something I wish to have not on the archers. But I think it's quite funny that Lee doesn't know that that's what it is. Um, and I'll be interested to see how that all unravels. Well, the story not is closed. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, oh, I just like Joy, but I just 
it slightly concerns me that there's this sniggering about Joy and um, she's treated by some of the other characters, like Kirsty, as almost a comedy character. And she, no, come on. Kirsty has completely and utterly warmed up to Joy. Come on. I suppose so. Maybe it was more much. Lee, but there was there was sniggering about Joy, and there what you know she's trying to learn a Spanish. I, I, until they said Spanish, actually, I didn't know that was what, the language she was trying to uh, to repeat. But but that's fine. Um, but I do, I I just feel still that she's she's quietly mocked by some of the other characters, and I I think that's a shame. I would like to see more of Joy. Mm. Well. She's she's a lonely, kind-hearted, busybody, isn't she? You know, and whereas, you know, so she looks outwards in terms of her, all of her social interactions. You know, she doesn't have a partner to share things with, you know, um, domestically. Mm-hmm. So she's a little bit in people's faces, but, you know, she's not exactly malevolent now is she so she's a she's a slight slight little bit of oh crumbs it, it, it's joy again hello joy how are you type of person yeah but i think it's pretty key uh to her goodness of character that um kirsty's moving out and she says to lee you know what she's a good sort you'll like her but lee didn't really uh, believe that or you didn't give us the impression that he he believed it and i don't i don't think joy's a busybody she's not nosing in everyone's business she's just a people pleaser and she as you said she hasn't got anyone at home and she is lonely but i wonder maybe maybe she's a secret mi5 agent or something oh stop it and then when rob comes back joy so is wait, going wait to... a minute wait a minute <laughs> mi5 Need to put a sleeper agent in Ambridge. Yes, yes Why? absolutely. Why? Because because it's to show that you should militant never terrorist presume. Cell. <laughs> <laughs> or she could be in witness protection. I don't know. I just like there to be more of Joy's story mm. and uh, for her to be liked rather than tolerated. Well, I think. That's what's going to happen with our joy because all of us listeners have taken her to our hearts already, mm. haven't we? Yes, yes. And yeah. she makes cake, so she's fine by me. Mm-hmm. You know, it took, what, 20 years for Linda Snell to be accepted uh, by listeners and the village alike. It's taken Joy Horville, what, 12 months? Yes, yes. As soon as we knew that her family weren't coming to visit her, and she didn't have the close connection that she was talking about initially. I think we, our hearts melted a little bit and we felt sorry for her. And uh, to come back to the whole town council thing, that was her first scene, wasn't wasn't it? Well, she was in the parish council. That's how she was introduced into the whole thing. Really? Yep. Parish council meeting. And it was like a point of order or something or another. And she spoke on about something. And we just thought she was going to be a one-off. You never hear from her again. And then like a week or so later, she turned up again. Yes, because of the housing development. Not, sorry, meaning she was on the the parish council. Yes. And then we've we've heard from her again and again, which is lovely. But um, it's interesting how they tantalise us with these new voices. And then you don't know if they're going to become a character or not. 
Um, but I'm just worried because there's there's been a lot of murmurings that we're not going to get more than four episodes a week and, and they might even reduce the numbers. And that's very concerning to me. And to me too. And to me too. We need to start a petition immediately. Because mm. I'm all at sea uh, with the framing of the weekends because basically the framing of the weekend was there was a hold and that was called Saturday. But now... Mm. There's uh, Friday's gone missing and Sunday. All and let's see. I don't know what to do because um, when I go for a run in the morning, my reward at the halfway point is to listen to the archers. And so one day of the week, I'm just like, I don't want to carry on because I, I will have no reward at that point. It's very sad. So just, you know, to benefit me, could they just bring back the extra episodes, please? I concur. <laughs> we concur. And a nation concurs with you. Hurrah. Everybody on Planet Dum De Dum is going, please bring them back also. Right. So that's that. That's Jojo Sex Heels. That's a plaintive plea from us to have um, more archers, uh, but maybe less of um, a time capsule storyline. Uh, now, upper lower east west side is our resident um, physiotherapist, likes rubbing backs and temples it's our witherspoon hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs mercy greetings everyone in dumpty dum towers and all dumpty dummers around the world it's witherspoon and angus haggis here i think i'm suffering from whiplash from all the sharp turns of the neck I've had to make in following the changes of directions that the residents of Ambridge have made this week. Here are some examples. First, Ben announces that he's going to quit his university course, and I think, oh great, another underachieving non-academic male in Ambridge. But then wait, he tells his parents he wants to study nursing. Hooray, I think. What an honorable and in-demand profession. Then we hear a limp, unsupportive response from David and Ruth. How disappointing. You go for it, Ben. Monday, we also heard reference that Alice was still in the village and that she and Chris were together. So what happened during the weekend that we've not been privy to? That was strange. Then we had Elizabeth, who after first having said no to the pigs on Lower Loxley land, has a rather brief conversation with Rex and forgets all her initial concerns and changes her mind. I also found that strange. Jakob underwent a massive personality transplant. When we first met him, he was cold, tactless, rather robotic-like, and didn't seem to read emotions well. This week, he was empathic and knew just the right way of handling a very difficult person, i.e. Kate. And Kate, in response, transformed from a narcissistic, borderline individual to a person filled with glorious insight into her own behaviors and their impact on others. I'm shaking my head. In addition, we had businessman Justin acting very insecure over a childhood photo and forcing his chronic smoking 70-something-year-old partner into <laughs> digging for buried treasure. I mean a time capsule. No way. So I'm off to find a physical therapist for my neck pain. Talk to you soon. <laughs> yes, with this been absolutely brilliant. Quite agree. How is it that Jakob, with no empathy, suddenly senses... 
Alice's anxiety. I mean, it, it did seem a bit of a, a turnaround. But I love the idea of Ben announcing that he wants to become a nurse. Although nobody seemed to mention, is it just because of his girlfriend? Uh, it just seemed the first time he's mentioned um, an interest in the medical sector and he is dating a doctor. So I, I don't know. Um, but I love the idea of him being a nurse. And I thought David and Ruth were really weak in their response. Um and it's quite interesting because if you think about it, if Ben starts working as a nurse and gets involved in the NHS, that leaves Pip and Josh to fight over Brookfield. So maybe that's another whole story developing. But Royfield, were you surprised about Ben? Um, utterly shocked and stunned. Mm. You know, um, I like the fact that we're getting to know Ben Archer. The last year plus, um, we've had his relationship with his... Uh, with his nana, that's been fleshed out a little bit more. He's got his best mucker, Rory, and I've also got him and Leonard, which mm. I just found incredibly touching. So, um, and then of course there was um, his 18th when he kind of got his leg over. Big, I've got a lot of time for Ben Archer. So the more Ben Archer we actually have on the show, the better. Yes, we need people that work away from Ambridge, that have to travel, that have a career, that have a good pension plan. Um, and just, yes, gives us another element to, to the business and the, and the family saga. So, yeah, I'm really interested to see how that develops. And I hope it's something he is truly passionate about and enjoys following as his career and isn't just a temporary issue. Mm. Absolutely. And, uh, and and a great call as always, Mr. Witherspoon. Uh, you always give us great value when, when you mm. call in. Uh, now we have our resident 15-year-old, our, our teenager. It's our Isabel. Hi. So this is my fifth call in now. Elizabeth and the Rex Fairbrother situation. Well, I thought at first, like, Elizabeth was being a bit unreasonable, to be honest. I mean, all right, pig smell and that, but, I mean, it wouldn't be that much of a a change, really, because that's, it's an unused piece of woodland that needs a use, so why not just have the pigs in there? But um, I'm glad Elizabeth's changed her mind. Yeah, so anyway. Oh, and um, by the way, I thought it was a bit funny when... Um, Elizabeth said that she could blame Vince for, um, you know, letting Rex on the land for his pigs. Um, if he turned out to be a nightmare tenant, then Elizabeth could just blame Vince. <laughs> Joy and Lee, you know, the Joy and Lee situation. Oh, I think jo Joy knows that Lee's got a girlfriend, so why is she turning the charm on? <laughs> I'm I feel a bit annoyed, really. I don't really know what I feel about all the, the life drawing thing. Lillian and Justin... That's actually been a bit funny, actually. <laughs> I wonder what Justin's big secret is. That bit wasn't funny, um, you know, because he said it was in a bad time, the, daff the daffodil thing. Funny when um, <laughs> Justin and Lily were throwing mud at each other in the uh, Wednesday episode. Ed and Mia and the boy situation. To be honest, I didn't really picture Mia and Ed talking about boys. I always thought it'd be me and Nick, you know, but as Nick's not here, you know. Mm. Alice and Chris. Well, there's not really been much to say about them this week, except that um, I still think Alice should tell the family. 
that that's all really I've got to say. And oh, and one more thing. Sorry, Royfield, to hear you're leaving. You'll be missed. Bye. Oh, Isabel, yes, that's brilliant. Yeah, I just love your detailed uh, calls. These are absolutely fantastic. Uh, and I just want to pick up about this point again about joy. I know I've mentioned it already, but this the fact that this that they were saying Kirsty was saying, Oh, she's very keen on Lee and oh, we better watch out. I don't I don't think it's going to be like that. It's not in a leery way. I think she's just been nice about him. I, I just again that that worries me. But um, Royfield, Isabel's very worried and concerned to hear that, that you're leaving us. What did you think of our attempts, Rosie and Quentin and my attempt last week to try and steer the good ship dum-de-dum for a week? Uh, I thought it was a valiant effort. You know, the ship didn't sink, did it? You didn't hit any icebergs. Well done. You know. I think we I think we hit several <laughs> icebergs to be honest, but we we kept afloat, yes. And people have been lovely, so thank you very much. But the the plan is that going forward, at least for a while, it's going to alternate. Is that right? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, maybe I'll just uh, slowly uh, take my foot off the throttle, so to speak. But but yeah, you know, and uh, but you, you'll all be fine. You know, you'll be fine. Uh, you're most awesome people and it's not like you don't know the archers you know so uh so it'll all be tickety-boo that's what i reckon well you'll be missed like isabel said so thank you isabel that was a great call mm. uh now do we have any emails we do we do thank you world for the emails i am forever grateful so i didn't have to do a rap thank you and my sincere thanks this week this week goes to Janet for her email and she has she's actually emailed in in connection to a call we had uh, last week she says um, hi I have stopped listening to the archers because I am unable to differentiate between the voices of the young male characters any accent would help listeners bewildered by the uniformly bland voices and that's from Janet and yeah splendid um, and this was on the back of the call last week from Daniel I, I, I believe and and I agree the accents are, are the same for for the young male characters we've got Rory we've got Ben we've got Josh yes and they're all slightly different but they are quite similar and you need them to sort of um, talk a little while so you can identify which character is which um, maybe they just need to only speak at one location so um Rory will speak at the caravan. Ben will speak at the hospital. Josh will speak at, I don't know, the, the police station. Um, but don't give up, Janet. Don't. Maybe maybe that's why Ben is becoming a nurse. So uh, if he's not shouting, resus, we know it won't be him. I don't know. Royfield, what do you think of the similar voices? Um, yeah, you, you talked about it last week. And it's a recurrent bugbear of listeners and it does make it harder for new listeners to work out who's who um very obviously they have these diverse accents because so that characters actually stand out and in a small village would you have someone who's scottish or glaswegian would you have um a welsh person would you have somebody from from Norfolk sounds like to me then somebody from the West Country and someone from Birmingham or somebody you know uh, Mm. yeah the answer is answer is no but they have to do this so that uh, we know who's who 
um, because we don't have that visual cue, do we? You know, if we you, if you think of Coronation Street, fundamentally they all sound like they're from Manchester. Mm. Yes, you know, East Enders they all sound like they're from the East End of London. And yes, you might have somebody who's a bit middle class who walks in, who's got more uh, more of a, that kind of standard middle class accent. But you know, you get a real sense of uh, place. We've never had that to do with the accents in the archers. And as I said, I think we know the, the reason why. Um, though, to be fair, if you are sa- if you're thirty miles south of Birmingham, uh, people don't sound like Brummies. Um, it is relatively neutral. Um, and when you go a little bit further on, um, when you get past, let's say, Gloucestershire, then they all sound, um, you know, southwestern, a bit mm. Bristolian. So it is not the most exciting bit of England in terms of kind of accents and their providence. But, yeah, I I, I feel sorry for them, to be honest with you. The, um, the uh, script writers and uh, the producers, sorry, because... They have to have, you know, a Geordie. So, you know, so you know exactly who yeah. this character is. They have to have, you know, Kirstie's from Liverpool or at least from Merseyside, sorry. Um, she's from Southport, you know, so you know exactly who she is. But, yeah, it doesn't make sense geographically. Do we have any more electronic missives that have come through to us this week? No, we do not. Well, we have one, but we're saving it for next week because it's gotcha. to do with the dum-de-dum. So I'm having to hold on to that one till next week. You're keeping your powder dry. I am, as dry as a dry thing, yes. Well done. Right, well done you. All right, folks, uh, so that's fundamentally all, all your caller in is. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. And now uh, we are going to have uh, a bit of social media roundup action with our Sandra. This is Sandra with a social media roundup for the week beginning Monday the 26th of April. The week which began for me with a much needed haircut and ended with being Pfizer for the second time. 
As usual, there were complaints about some of the storylines. I rather liked this comment by Terry White. Last week, half the posts were complaining about the Alice story. This week, people are complaining that it hasn't been continued. Moral, people enjoy moaning. The week began with the continuation of the time capture storyline, with Ben and Rory burying it in a field at Brookfield. Ben then spoke to his parents about his change of direction regarding his choice of degree and his desire to study nursing. It seemed that David wasn't really supportive of the change and came in for criticism from listeners about his attitude. Many listeners wondered where the idea had come from, although we did remember his earlier fling with the junior doctor. The time capsule storyline continued with a disagreement between Justin and Lillian. After the early exchange, I wondered if cracks in their relationship were beginning to show. A few thought the whole storyline was ridiculous. There were comments that 10 years is a short time to leave a time capsule buried, but then maybe that relates to Ben's youth. There were suggestions that Justin has had a change of character in that he arrived in the village as a multimillionaire, but now seems to be scratching around for business ideas. Of course, the exchange between Justin and Rory came in for some discussion. I saw one comment where Rory was accused of being vile, but I think it most thought that it was Justin who was being rude and Rory did well to respond in the way that he did. You reap what you sow, was one comment. Listeners were generally pleased about the reappearance of Jacob. There was appreciation of his approach to Kate's rant and the way that he calmed her down as he was clearly exasperated. Not everyone understands why he is with her. It's thought that he's too nice for her. Of course, some suggestions about their relationship weren't suitable for a lovely podcast like this one. It was thought that Kate's apology to Alice was mainly about Kate. It sounded like Alice was going to share with Kate, but she couldn't get a word in. Many thought that Kate was far too self-absorbed to notice that Alice might be struggling. Some of us were surprised when it looked like Alice hadn't packed her bag and left after all. There was some speculation in the groups, but I doubt if we will find out what happened very quickly. Another continuing storyline has been about Rex and his pigs. Many listeners were glad that Elizabeth had changed her mind about having the pigs at Lower Loxley. People were happy that Rex was being given a break at the moment. Of course, there were questions about what happens about processing and selling the meat. There were also questions about Elizabeth's change of mind although it did seem that Vince's comments had an influence on her thinking. And, of course, there was the story around Lee and the modelling. Not everyone found the story um, about Lee not realising that it was life modelling to be acceptable. It was felt that Joy's attitude was unsavoury and wouldn't be acceptable if a man had been lecturing over a female model. I actually agree with Peter Mabbott's analysis. Reverse the genders and reduce the age and we would rightly be up in arms. Tasteless and unpleasant and demeaning to the great characterisation of joy. And that's where I will end it. See you again in June. Goodbye.
Bye. Thanking you muchly again, Sandra. Uh, and your mug should be in the post to you in the next week, my dear. And also everybody in this who basically does um, all of our social media stuff. Um, thank you again for all of your sterling efforts. And um, hopefully you'll enjoy a nice cuppa or cup of coffee um, out of your new Dumpty Dum mugs, which will be with you forthwith. Uh, Philippa, um, the next bit... Uh, you play loosey-goosey with, you kind of do whatever the heck you want. Uh, you throw a convention to the wind. Uh, so over to you. Yes, well, this is the sort of, well, it was guess the headline, but now it's sort of guess the year. And because you were so sarcastic, I think we could say, no, about I gave my... you really good pointers of how multiple choice quizzes work. <laughs> I think well, it wasn't fine. supposed to be multiple choice, but it, it now is because you, you had your hissy fit. So we're now, it's multiple choice and, and let's see how we go. So thank you to the public libraries for this information. This is all taken from really interesting articles about the archers over the years. It's fascinating to see. Anyway, there I'll read the headline and then I'll give you three options. So the headline is... Underneath the archers, there's a crisis in Ambridge with evil lurking in the veg patches. Now, was that in 1995, in 2001, or in 1960? Nineteen sixty. So, what were the dates again? Nineteen ninety-five and two thousand and one. All right. Well, it's fifty-fifty. Let's go. Ninety-five. Oh, you've won! Well done. Get Very good. In. That was all about Roy's mates being um, not not so nice and uh, all the and all the trouble. And a bit racist. Uh, so then the next headline is, for the thousandth time, the archers takes the air. Now, I know this is going to be a hard one, but never mind. Multiple choice. Was it 1953, 1954 or 2021? <laughs> well, the archers started in 51. Mm -hmm. 365 days of the year. Then you've got to mm -hmm. knock a bit off. Because it wasn't six days of the week then. It was five. So it's 1954, 1953, 1954. Oh, you're on a roll. Boom. Brilliant. Boom. Very, very good. So the final one, can you get each one right? I mean, it's incredible. I'm just on tenterhooks here. I don't I don't know how it's going to end, but this is this is the title. The Archers has the everyday story of country folk lost its way. And that was in The Guardian. Was it in The Guardian in 1953, 1990 or 1994? All right. So The Guardian, we're not talking about The Archers in 19... What was the first year you said? 1953, 1990. Well, okay. You can forget that. It's not 1953. <laughs> All right. So give us those two last years again. 1990 or 1994. And give us the headline one more time. The headline was, The Archers has the everyday story of country folk lost its way. My gut is going to be to go for 1994 for the mm. simple reason that 
broad broadsheets talking about uh, kind of pop culture stuff um, is more of a, a newer phenomena, though there's only four years difference between mm-hmm. 90 and 94. I'm trying to remember uh, when Susan was arrested and spent time at Her Majesty's Pleasure. That was mid-90s. So it makes sense that The Guardian were talking about it then. So I'm going to go Mm. 1994. And you'd be right. Very, very good. Well done. Three out of three. You see, I made it too easy. That's the problem with multiple choice, you see. Never mind. What are you saying? What are you trying to say? You dumbed the quiz down for me. (laughs) No, no, I wouldn't. No, well done. There's There's a prize on its way. Thanking you much, Lee. And uh, I think I've really earned that price. I hope it's quite expensive. Ah, there's diamonds involved, yes. Very much so. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Folks, that's basically been your dum-de-dum, where we just yak on about the archers. Um, If you want some more dum-de-dum action, why don't you go on to dumdedum.com? And uh, you can see all the previous shows. You can comment on them. Uh, you can see uh, character counts and uh, podcast roundups and all sorts. You can even click on uh, our shop and buy yourself some merch. So if you fancy yourself a dum dum mug or T-shirt, go on to dumdydum.com. Uh, another way to support us is by going on to Patreon. And for $2 per show, you become a supporter of dum-de-dum we love everybody that listens to to dum-de-dum but those people that um dig deep into their wallets into their purses we love that little bit more so if you want a little bit more of love from philippa quentin and rosie uh, go on to patreon.com and give us two dollars per show Yes, and I need to say sorry because I didn't thank the patrons last week and um, I should and I will be thanking them every week because their contributions are vital. So thank you very much. And also, I do have to say, if you what's brilliant on the Dum De Dum website, and it does make me laugh, is Cosmo do, does the, a roundup of the podcast uh, each week and he presents his own unique uh, angle on, on what we've done in the podcast. And I think they're brilliant. They're well worth a read. So do go and see that. Remember, to get in contact, (laughs) (laughs) you can send us a voice message via speakerpipe on dumdydum.com, the website, or you can leave a WhatsApp voice note or a text message to 07957 167696, which is all together now, plus 44 7957 167696 if you are outside the UK. And thanks to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Lucy V. Freeman. You can find the team on Twitter where we are at dum-de-dum. I can be found at Royfield. How about you, Philippa? I can be found at QuickBook Reviews, but instead of a W, it's a three. Just look for the orange picture of me reading a book. Remember, when tweeting about the Archers, please use the capitalised hashtag of the Archers with a capital T and a capital A, as this helps visually impaired people who use screen readers. Without the capitals, it reads as a string of gobbledygook. Um, I think, folks, I'm going to retire 
the Flick app. Uh, did mention this a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've really gone heavy down the sports route on the Flick mm. app. And you can't click on that thing without seeing uh, American football or and or the results of Manchester United and Liverpool. And uh, and as much as I uh, like both of those sports, um, when I'm on my Flick app, I don't want any of that. Um, so it's probably only right and proper. Um, I haven't completely uh, made my mind upon this, but if you are on the Flick app and you and you want to keep going, um, just just let me know and then we we can talk about it. Um, what I am doing, though, is um, opening up a little area for us on Clubhouse. And I know people are going, blooming, that was yet another thing, Royfield. No, 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 no. Um, Clubhouse is this new social media platform. Quite simply, um, I just thought, uh, let's just create a little space on there. So if you don't have an iPhone, you've got no interest in jumping onto Clubhouse, don't worry. Uh, but if you have... Uh, an iPhone and you are on Clubhouse, why don't you join up and um, we'll put to, we'll schedule some events and just natter about uh, the Archers at some point. Yeah, so what, are... what is Clubhouse? Is it like a, a house that we all sit in and, and we club each I other? Club or... biscuits. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Orange or mint. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, no, go on. Tell us, what, what is it? Right. So Clubhouse, um, it's been running for about a year now. Um, it's still in beta or beta, as the Americans would call it. And um, it's a social media platform all around audio. So what you find are rooms and it could be just two people in a room up to thousands of people uh, talking about a specific topic. And then there are clubs. So um, I've been on there for about three months now. I thoroughly enjoy it and actually Kathy, Kathy Edge who will, uh, there'll be a dum-de-dum with her very soon talking about her issues with drink and how it paralleled the Alice storyline um, I basically um, you know, we talk literally every day on that app her and I, even if it's just for a couple of minutes, it's, it, it's a cross between um, talk radio a podcast and I think Citizens Band Radio, if you remember back to, to the 80s, where you can have just random people opening up rooms and just uh, with a with a title. And it could be, I don't know, let's talk about how Liverpool did last night. And then people kind of go in and um, and, and basically have, have a moderated chat. Um, I talk about, you know, I'm in quite a few rooms there and every afternoon pacific time i have a room which i call afternoon tea and and generally uh, you know it could be finger sandwiches or scones or or whatever and i always have um, like a group of people that come along and we just have a chat about nothing and then you always get one or two uh, randoms that become part of the gang it's a thoroughly lovely enjoyable way to while away the time if you are like you and you have a life and you have, um, you know, a husband and children, you might struggle to find um, a lot of time for Clubhouse. Mm. However, there are scheduled rooms. So if you are into, you know, th there's going to be book clubs on there because there are film clubs on there. <gasps> Ooh. So um, you'll, you know, the, there will be a book club or five on there and there'll be scheduled times. So, you know, for argument's sake, you know, 5 p.m. So you'll know, right, I'll, I'll log on to that 
and and I'll listen to them, you know, talking about a book. And then you, what you have is one, possibly two, three people on stage who are talking amongst themselves. And then they'll say, does anybody want to co- contribute? And you hold your hand up, obviously digitally, and they invite you up onto sta- on stage. But you really can have thousands of people. And you, you can see everybody who's um, listening um, in a room listening to people debate and discuss ideas. So, um, as I said, I do this afternoon um, afternoon tea thing. And it's just the way of me just like chatting to people. I talk about superheroes on there every Tuesday at 1pm Pacific. So that's 9pm uh, UK. And it's a whole lot of fun. A lot of the people, um, so specifically in my superhero room, which is called Superpowered, or my, my club, which is called Superpowered, I should say, there's a lot of people that um, take it very seriously, but very much tongue in cheek. So the you know, what it says on the tin of Superpowered is, you know, what would the world be like if uh, people with masks and capes really did walk amongst us type of thing? So you get people who will philosophize about whether Superman... Uh, could ever be black and and if so um what would how different would the character be through to people saying that uh, tony stark is just um, a total reprobate and should never been part of the avengers in the first place type of thing so it's a lot of fun clubhouse and um we have a little corner of it which is now called dumpty dum so if you have an iphone or if you're one of these android beta people um come and join up very good awesome Right. And on that note, uh, I'm going to give you the opportunity to redeem yourself musically by choosing a piece of music, Philippa Hall. Can't be a, can't be a musical, can't be Hamilton, can't be something from the late 80s, early 90s. No salt and pepper, no PM Dawn. What you got? All right. I've got a great song. Um, we all need this song after the week we've had on Ambridge and it's called Little Bit of Love by Tom Grennan. Who's Tom Brennan? Tom Grennan. He's a singer. Who's Tom Grennan? He's a singer who sings songs that... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Listen, listen, songs. I've been going on Spotify. What more do you want? You know. No, but you've got to have a connection to the piece I of like music. I like the song. I like listening no, to it. No, no, no. That's not good enough. It's oh, not good enough. You've got to have a connection. It's got to be like, no, this reminds me of my first snog at the school discos. Or this is the, the song which I walked down the aisle with with my husband. Or it's got to be something. I refuse to play it if you just randomly just like got it off Spotify. No, I've got it on Spotify because I've been listening to modern songs. Um, modern. To, yeah, modern songs Did of this century. <laughs> to see if there's anything that I like that I could recommend. And I really like this song and I recommended it. And now you've just stomped over it in, okay, in your tell authoritative me, way. Tell me two things you know about Tom Grennan. His first name is Tom and his oh, surname is no, Grennan. And- no, no, no. You have no connection to this piece of music. I do. Just because I don't go around stalking singers doesn't mean I don't like a good tune. Thank you. But anyway, OK, Roy Field, is there a song that you would like to play out this week's episode with by any chance? Well, you'd think after I made a real fuss that I actually did have a piece of music ready to go. <laughs> yes. And I don't. Right. So here we go. We're going to play a piece of music 
from Damien Junior Gong Marley. Mm-hmm. I don't know which piece of music, but it's going to be a piece of music from this uh, child, this son of the famous uh, reggae impresario, Robert Nesta Marley. Here we go, folks. A little bit of Reggie at the end of your dum dum That's been me, Royfield Brown, talking to Philippa. I just Google pieces of music hall. Recapping, reliving the last week in Ambridge. Hang your head in shame, Hall. Hang your head in shame. I'm sorry. I'm I'm going to phone bullies R R's and report you because I think this is outrageous. <laughs> I feel hurt and offended, and I'm going to no, get the mother to write on, a note. The, the whole point is, though, you've got to have a connection. I do have a connection. I like that song. I listen to it in the car. It's nice. I can okay, sing along. Okay, describe the piece it. of music. Describe the piece of music. What what what's the genre? Come on. Modern pop song. It's just a nice song. A modern pop song. Oh, look, oh, you, you go on. off with, with your hanging view. yourself here. With every line. You're only jealous. You're only jealous of my music choice. Lately, you've been listening to the songs I've selected and you thought, do you know, Philippa really knows the tune and you're just not willing to trust me. So that's, fu- that's fine. It's fine. I'll, I'll just go and sob quietly in the corner. Thank you, everyone, for bearing with us this week. And uh, <laughs> I'm just going to go off and... Tatty, bye. Hey, yo, D. Let's go all the way in on this one. Some of the smartest dummies carry the language of Egyptian mummies on a flag or a moon and can't find food for the starving tummies. Pay no mind to the youths, cause it's not like the future depends on it. We we'll say the animals in the zoo. How the chimpanzee, them a make big money This is how the media pillages On TV the picture is Savages and villages And the scientists still can't explain the pyramids huh. Evangelists making a living on the videos of ribs of the little kids Stereotyping the image of the images And this is what the image is You buy a car key pants and all of a sudden you are say a Indiana Jones And I tip out the gold and tip out the scrolls and even the bird bones Some of the worst paparazzis I've ever seen and i ever known with the words on this place so the world can see And that's all that will ever show So the ones in the west will never move east And feel like we'll be at home Get tricked by the beast But the way them are gonna flee When the monster is fully grown Salamonic lineage Where them still can defeat And them could have never clown A spiritual DNA that prints in my soul And I will forever own love Yeah Sabali That's patience That's what the old folks told me Discovering the world before this world, a world buried in time, uncovered with rhymes, it gets no realer, we born not knowing, are we born knowing all, we growing wiser, are we just growing tall, can you read thoughts? Can you read palms? Uh, can you predict the future? Can you see storms coming? The earth was flat. If you went too far, you would fall off. Now the earth is round. If the shape changed again, everybody would have stopped love. The average man can't prove up most of the things that he chooses to speak of. And still run research and find out the root of the truth that you seek of. Scholars teach in universities and claim that they're smart and cunning. Tell them find a cure when we sneeze and that's when they're known. 
Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.